Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Brett Jensen here with you on Breaking with Brett Jensen on this Wednesday night. We're going up until 8 o'clock, 704-570-1110. And guys, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Brett underscore Jensen for all the latest and breaking news in and around the Charlotte area. And some of you may not care. Some of you may actually go, I'm sorry, who? who who's this? Uh, but just moments ago, it was reported. And when I say moments... 10 minutes ago, something like that, 10, 15 minutes ago, it was reported that controversial basketball coach Bobby Knight has died. I believe he was 83 years old and extremely controversial. He was at Indiana forever and a day, won some national championships there. I know he won the 1976 national championship. I think he won the 1988 national championship uh, with Keith Smart hit the winning shot, I believe, against Syracuse in the final seconds. Uh, the 76 team is the last team to go undefeated in college basketball to win it all. Uh, and I th- think he only, oh, and then he also obviously won the 1980 national championship, or excuse me, 1981 national championship against Matt Doherty's North Carolina Tar Heels. Matt Doherty was a freshman on the very day President Reagan was shot. So. He has three, you know, three big distinctions with his national championship. Last undefeated team, won the national championship in Philadelphia with Isaiah Thomas on the day Ronald Reagan was shot, and there's debates whether or not to continue the game. And think about this. They played the game in the 12,000-seat arena known as the Spectrum up in Philadelphia where the Sixers played and the Flyers played 12,000 seats. Like now they're all played in giant domes of 40, 50, or 50 60, 70,000 people. But that was, and then of course they won later. The I think it was 1988 Keith Smart against uh, the Syracuse. I think that was right. I think it's 1988. Maybe it was 87. But anyways, um, but yeah. So he just passed away. Very controversial. Had a lot of uh, controversial statements. Did a lot of controversial things. Um, you know, was exceptionally cantankerous in a lot of interviews. I covered, I think, three of his games, and I interviewed him a couple of times, and he was exactly what you would think his reputation would be, and that's exactly what it was. Last time I covered a game, I think it was in, I want to say 2001, I don't think, it may have been 2002, I think 2001, up in Chicago in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, was I think that was the last, I think it was 2001. It was either 2001 or 2002. And I was covering the NCAA tournament up in Chicago. 
first round and got to talk to him the day before the game. And it was exactly how you expect it to go. He's also the one who famously said during an interview on 60 Minutes with Connie Chung, Maury Povich's wife, by the way, um, that if rape is inevitable, why not sit back and enjoy it? And that got him into a lot of hot water, obviously. Through the chair, across the basketball court in the middle of a game, he was upset at the referee, uh, was fired unceremoniously at Indiana after allegedly grabbing a basketball player by the throat. So it is uh, – he had a lot, of, a lot of issues. And then he went to Texas Tech, completely revived that program, and – that's what I covered him. It was his first year at Texas Tech. And then he retired, and then his son, Pat, took over. But Bobby Knight, extremely controversial. As a matter of fact, I, if I remember correctly, like was fired because of all the things that he had done. Like You can get away with things to a degree when, when you are constantly winning, which is what he did. Constantly won. And that's all he did, all the Big Ten championships and everything else. And I want to say, so 2002, uh, I think yeah, it was 2002, I think, it was when Indiana lost the national championships uh, to Maryland in Atlanta because I was covering that Final Four, and that was at the Georgia Dome. And that was the first year, I believe, without Bobby Knight. I think that was the first year without Bobby Knight. But – but. When things started not winning everything and he started going, you know, not winning the Big Ten every year and everything else, and he started slipping, all that stupid stuff and highly controversial stuff that you used to do, you you don't get away with that anymore. You know, as they like to say, winning cures everything. Winning cures everything. Winning cures up the rotten smell. Just like, you know, all the people in San Francisco cheering for Barry Bonds during that whole steroid era. You know, everyone hated Barry Bonds except for the people that he played for. And that's the way it is in sports. Everyone may hate somebody, but if he's on your team, he's your guy. And when he got fired, Bobby Knight got fired in Bloomington, Indiana at IU, uh, there were actual student protests at the campus. Like big protests. I don't mean like 50 kids. I mean massive rallies. And he actually showed up there the day that he got fired and spoke to the crowd over, I think, a megaphone, if I remember correctly. And so just uh, very controversial. Will go down as one of the, you know, the most influential basketball coach, college basketball coaches of all time. As a matter of fact, he also was the first one to go on the record about Michael Jordan. In 1984, Bobby Knight was the Olympic coach. It was the last. Uh, it was the second to last time they actually used college players, when the Olympics were quote unquote amateur, except for obviously everyone in the Eastern Bloc nations uh, the, under the Soviet Union umbrella. But when Michael Jordan got there, and Michael Jordan at the time was a junior, uh, and some NBA scouts were asking him about some of the players, and his direct quote was, Michael Jordan will go down as the greatest basketball player in the history of basketball. And that's even in the, the Jordan documentary uh, that Netflix did, the 10-part series, 
or an ESPN did. It's it's actually that part's actually in there where they talk about how Bobby Knight was already telling people in 1984 when Jordan was a junior at North Carolina and just finished his junior season was going to go pro that during the Olympic Games he was telling everyone you don't understand Michael Jordan will go down as the greatest basketball player in the history of basketball. And then in 1988 George Thompson led the college team and they got smoked and they either won the silver or the bronze and because of that they were so upset that that's when the dream team and the pros started playing in 1992 and Jordan won that one um, as well. But Bobby Knight uh, like I said very controversial. I you know he is an icon good or bad. He's still an iconic figure. Icon doesn't mean necessarily just good. Iconic means that almost like in a historical sense, and he is a historical college basketball coach. So he'll go down as extremely controversial and extremely successful, and you either loved him or hated him. There there wasn't anything in between when it came to Bobby Knight and wearing his stupid red sweater that always seemed like it was five sizes too small. So Bobby Knight died, I believe it was 83, if I've got that correct. So um, just a... it will be all over the sports channels today, and you know, I got Game Five of the World Series going tonight, and there's a chance. I don't think it'll happen, but Bobby Knight dying is actually more significant news-wise than the Rangers and the Arizona Diamondbacks playing in the World Series because the numbers will tell you no one's watching that, no one's watching the World Series, and you know. I mean, it's Arizona. Nobody cares. Nobody can name anybody off of Arizona. All right, everyone. When we come back, I've got some stuff to get into about some CMS. And CMS did the most CMS thing ever. And we're going to talk about that when we return. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen. I hate that I even have to say this. It's just... And I try not to give these little PSAs, but I hate that I even have to say this. So it's getting down in the 20s tonight, okay? 28 Charlotte, 28 Gastonia, 25 in Hickory... Like, even 28 Monroe, 28 Rock Hill, even 28 in Chester, 28 Lancaster, okay? So no matter where you're going to be, it's going to be cold. No matter where you are in earshot of my voice, it's going to be in the 20s tonight. And the fact that I actually have to say this is moronic. Don't worry about your plants dying. How about making sure your pets are inside? And the fact that I even have to say that Well, Brett, they got fur. Okay, just stop. Just stop. Get your outdoor cat and put it in the garage, at the very least. 
or just if you don't have a garage, because I never had a garage growing up, put it in the house. Period. If you really like that, I mean, just put it in the put it in the house. Same thing with your dogs. And if you've got a dog that can't be in the house, you shouldn't have a dog. So uh, the fact that I even have to say this is asinine to me. So the fact that I'm just so not just trying to preach. I'm not trying to preach or whatever, but just it's amazing how many stupid people there are in this world. So it's going to get in the 20s. Rule of thumb, if, like, I think if anything's going to be below 40, you should bring the, the, the animals inside anyway. Even honestly, anything below 50, I think you should bring them in. Well, that's just me. Um, all right. So the uh, Charlotte Mecklenburg schools did the most CMS thing ever. Sent out an email that said 109 Charlotte-Mecklenburg schools rank in the top 50% of the state. And on its surface, okay, not bad, all right. I mean, that, that's fine. 13 schools were in the top 5%. 13 schools were in the top 10%. 11 more were in the top 15%. Nine more were in the top 20%. And then 51 were between 21 and 50%. 21 schools, all right? But I'm just going to read the opening sentence to you on how just... I, 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 don't, I don't even know what the word for it is. Without trying to be over melodramatic about it. But let's let me read this to you. I'm just gonna read you the opening line from the email sent by CMS Communications. Congratulations are in order for the 109 Charlotte Mecklenburg schools. Okay. Congratulations are in order. Now, there's a problem, and this is what they always do with the testing. Hey, Look at these five schools that are performing great uh, with their test scores and these five schools that are no longer below level. Okay, that's great, but you still have 47% of your schools getting D or F grades by the state. Well, yeah, but we don't want to talk about the D and the F schools. We're here to celebrate, and they have actually said this in the past, we're here to celebrate those are A, B, or C graded schools. That's what we're here to celebrate. But 46, 48% of your schools are D or Fs. That means half of your kids are at a garbage school and getting a garbage education. Hey, but we're here to celebrate. Okay. So now CMS says, hey, look, we're here. Congratulations are in order to the 109 schools that are in the top 50% of performing schools in North Carolina. That's awesome. What about the 75 schools that you have that are below 50%? 75. We're not talking 10. We're talking 75%. Excuse me, 75 schools. Which means the overwhelming majority of those are probably elementary schools. Which means you're failing those kids 
from an academic standpoint, from the moment they step foot into a school. And now you're going to understand why was it just a couple of years ago? Was it only 13%? I think I got my numbers right. 13% of all black boys could read. And that's what, you know, the, the black boys and the girls, but not the girls, but the actual boys, the young boys could only read at a third grade level. I think it was 13%. So congratulations are in order for the 109 schools that CMS has at that's performing at a better than 50% of the other schools. 50% or better. Okay. What about the 75% that is not? That means 41% of your schools are disasters. 41% are complete disasters in terms of teaching and getting kids the proper education. And the overwhelming of those are the elementary schools, which means by the time they get to the fifth or sixth grade, end of elementary, beginning of middle school, they're lost. They're lost. And you can't recover them. Can't read, can't write. So CMS doing the most CMS thing ever. Hey, don't look at these 75 schools. Don't look at the 41% of these schools that are atrocious. Let's only look at the 109 that are in the top 50 percentile. Okay. And here's the kicker. Let me pull that up again real quick. 13, 26, 26, 37, and 46. That means only 46 of your 184 schools are in the top 20%. Okay. 37 of your schools are in the top 15%. Okay. Again, 75 of your schools are not. They're below 50%. Hey, don't worry about those. Don't worry about those at all. Once again, CMS sending out the most CMS email ever. Ever. This is what CMS does. Don't look over here at the left hand. Only look at the right hand. Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen here. Going up until 8 o'clock. Means, oh, we got about 24 more minutes. 704-570-1110. Rumor has it. Rumor has it. All the lines are working once again. That's the rumor. Got the email today. So we don't just have two lines like we've had for the last two months. Rumor has it. Something happened with AT&T. Somebody, a listener who works there or something, got this finally straightened out, but God bless them. So we actually have all our lines now. 704-570-1110. And guys, follow me on Twitter slash X, X slash Twitter, at Brett underscore Jensen for all the latest and breaking news in and around the Charlotte area. Okay, so last night at 7.55 p.m., when... People generally are not looking at Twitter. They're not generally looking at social media at that time. Unless you're a teenage girl or a teenage boy and you're in your room and you're just scrolling through Instagram or TikTok or whatever, Snapchat. 
but generally people involved in politics or who follow the news or sports or whatever, they generally don't look at social media. And that's why I try to like never post anything on social media after 6.30, 6.45 at the latest. Unless it's something, you know, really big time breaking news or something like that, I try not to post because people generally are not looking at that time of night on Twitter or Facebook. or, or So anyways, um, so last night at 7.55 p.m., Pat Harrigan, who is running for Congress uh, in the Gaston County, Cleveland County, Burke County, Rutherford County, that whole area, and little tiny parts of Mecklenburg County, put on Twitter last night an ad going after who is likely to be future opponent and current Speaker of the House, Tim Moore. All indications are Tim Moore is going to run for Congress. He's from the Kings Mountain area. Uh, and, you know, that's right in his district. That's where he's from. That's part of that district. And so all the belief is that he's going to announce maybe this week, maybe next week, that he's actually running for Congress. Well, last night at 7.55, Pat Harrigan put out a tweet. And he said, look, it's happy Halloween, everyone. Have a great time out there this evening with your kids. Just a couple of tips for making tonight a safe and enjoyable experience. All right. Number one, know your kids' trick-or-treat routes and have a no later than uh, have a no later than check-in time scheduled if you aren't with them. Make sure all candy is in the original manufactured wrappers and all the wrappers are unopened. Very logical stuff that we've heard since the 1950s, except for the check-in time because we didn't have cell phones in the 1950s. Number three, check your backyard for trail cams. There's some ghoulish politicians lurking around these parts. In the meantime, play the, quote, name that politician below, and then there's a photo. Now, you need to know trail cams is something that Speaker of the House Tim Moore was accused of planting at this woman's house that she, he was seeing, and that they is accused again accused of this, of putting up these cams and hiring someone to put up the cams so they could watch the husband come in and out, either the separated husband or whatever. So then the photo says this. If you want to buy your corrupt politician costume, it includes, and it looks like a real politician costume, which is hysterical, pocket guide on how to get rich while in office for dummies, recommended taxpayer-funded pay raise scale for sexual partners, a Biscuitville gift card, he was accused of giving this woman's husband or ex-husband a Biscuitville gift card, casino defender cape, and trail cam included. And then it's a silhouette of someone that would appear to be Tim Moore. And it says, uh, one size fits most. So Tim Moore hasn't even officially announced that he's running for office 
for Congress. And the salvos are already flying. Now, it's got 2,600 views, this particular tweet that Pat Harrigan put out. Now, if you, in case you want to know, Pat Harrigan um, ran against Jeff Jackson last election cycle, two years ago. Or I guess I should say a year ago. Ran against Jeff Jackson a year ago. And, you know, J- Jeff Jackson obviously won. So that it is not even not even through the local elections and shots are being fired and when this was sent to me late last night around 11:30 and I read it the two words out of my mouth out loud while lying in bed watching the world series was Holy crap, but I didn't say crap. I was like, wow, that came out of nowhere. Now, I will fault him for putting out at 7.55 at night when no one saw it. But now it's starting to gain traction. It's doubled the amount of views just in the last six, seven hours. From like 1,300 to 2,600. So it's starting to gain steam. But it is... It is like I, I sent it to uh, a, an actual current politician. It said thoughts, and it was the gloves are already off. You wonder if it's over the line, and I, I'm here to tell you, people may view this differently, but all is fair in love, war, and politics. And if you're doing a preemptive strike, and granted, this was a major, this wasn't, this sort of goes into my theory, the way I always try to handle things personally. I always say this, we're not just going to go back and forth and slowly escalate it. If you come at me with a baseball bat, I'm not going at you to a knife, then you get a gun, and then I get a bazooka, then you get a tank, then I get an airplane. No, no. You come at me with a bat, I go straight for the atom bomb. I go straight nuclear. I'm just going to end it right now and get this over with. We're not going to do the slow dance back and forth where it slowly escalates. I go straight for the jugular. We're ending this now. And it's going to hurt your feelings, and it's going to hurt your feelings a lot. We're just getting done. And I feel like that's what he did. He didn't even wait for the opening, you know, slant, not slander, but opening side remark or anything against him, he came out and just said, you know what? I got some things in my arsenal, and the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to destroy Gaza. Now, whether or not it's sustainable and whether or not it's going to work within the Republican Party, whether or not Republicans are going to be really upset at that, I don't know. It's not what the Republicans think. It's what the voters think. Does it work? And through the test of time, everything is always shown, dating back to the 1700s or the 1800s, negative ads work. Period. They have always worked. And that's, I mean, some of the most famous ads of all time in the world of politics were negative ads. Hysterical ads. A lot of you will remember this. Some of you may not. How many of you remember Michael Dukakis driving around in that tank looking like a dork? 
against George Bush in 1988. One of the most famous ads ever. So, look, you bringing up someone's past, especially since this all happened within the last year, I think that's fair game. Now, I am surprised that it happened so early, especially considering Tim Moore hasn't even officially announced yet. And I understand he was going off the Halloween vibe and going off of that, but he should have released that yesterday afternoon around 4 o'clock as opposed to 7.55 p.m. at night. But the gloves are off, ladies and gentlemen. And as I like to say, Republican on Republican crime. There's always a lot of, especially in Charlotte, Democrat on Democrat crime. Well, that particular race is going to be Republican on Republican crime. And as a journalist, as a bystander, I'm here for it. I am here for it. I just want to know what kind of impact that's going to have within the Republican Party and the voters. That's what I'm anxious to see. All right, when we come back, we'll take your phone calls. So, Dean, stick around. Don't go anywhere. We'll get to your phone call when we come back. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen. A few more minutes here, going up until 8 o'clock, 704-570-1110. And guys, follow me on Twitter, slash X, whatever you want to call it, at Brett underscore Jensen for all the latest and breaking news in and around the Charlotte area. We go to Dean. Thanks for calling, Dean, and thanks for holding, bud. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks a lot. I just want to add to the opening comment that you had regarding the school's I think one of the challenges is we expect the school system to fix that bottom half. And I honestly, I don't think the school system can. I think if you doubled the budget, I think if you put in more teachers, I still think there are just some fundamentals that are missing in so many of those schools. And I'll give you an example of what I'm I'm trying to describe here, and that is a lot of those children go home to parents who probably have little or no education. Or maybe they go home and there's only one parent, and that probably happens a lot. And maybe they go home and there's no parent there, and that probably happens. And the school system can't fix that and won't. There's no way they can. I get so frustrated when I hear community activists and when I hear some of the, the leaders talking about, well, you know, the school board, the school system. Look, we need parents to be parents, and we need we need help. We need people like me to volunteer in those schools. God, I help some of those kids to at least get their head above water, because I, I think in many cases they're 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 born into a difficult environment. 
and it's hard to ever rise out of that. And I don't know the solution, but I don't talk about as a society. We talk about more funding. We talk about what the government should be doing. We don't talk about what my personal belief is, is the real problem and what really we all need to take a hold of and try to fix. And I, I, I just I just wanted to share that. I, I agree with all the comments you made around the, the school system, but I think we need to, to really have more dialogue around that and what, what really needs to be done. And I don't know what that is, but it ain't more funding. You can throw all kinds of money at it, and it's not going to fix it. I appreciate the phone call, Dean. Thanks, bud. So, yeah, and I talked a little bit about this, I think it was last night, maybe, or at least last week, that CMS is too big. It's too big. It's 184 schools, and you got 51 or 59% that are doing okay and 41%. And when you go to test scores, then you've got and – and then when you go to test scores, you might have 46%, 45 47% getting D or F grades from the state in terms of test scores. CMS is just too big, and CMS needs to be blown up because no matter how many different times, every two years they bring in a new superintendent, it's the same old thing. And no matter how many different times they bring in new school board members, it's the exact same song and dance, and it's just too big. And I talked about how the home life with all these kids and a lot of these kids influence what goes on with the school and stuff like that, how they're being raised by their grandparents and aunts and cousins and how there's no one home on a lot of these kids. You're 100% correct. But community activists and stuff like that, getting out in the neighborhoods, that's not going to do anything. You might help two kids out of a, out of 50. So that, it's just not going to do it. I mean, it, it's just not. And CMS is way too big right now, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, we bring in Ed. Thanks for calling, Ed. I appreciate it. Hey, Brett. Good show. Thank you, sir. <clears throat> hey, do you remember a couple of years ago when the mayors of Matthews and Mint Hill were threatening to break apart their portion of the CMS schools? I do. Oh, it's a good idea. I, I think you're onto something there. I specifically called to tell or to, to be an advocate for school choice. But now that I hear you talking about blowing up CMS, <clears throat> we homeschooled ours, and I'm going to tell you just in terms of school choice, parents that can afford it are already doing that. They're already making school choices based on their income, based on their how much they care about their kids. Um, Ed, let me give you a little stat to back up what you just said. Let me give you a little. Let me give you some statistics here. So, thirty percent of the voters in Mecklenburg County are black. Okay, thirty percent. Okay. But yet two thirds. Of the students, there's 142,000 students. 66% of them are black or Hispanic. Only a third, less than a third actually when you include the Asians, so less than a third of the students are actually white, which backs up to your point. They're either going to private schools, home schools, you know, whether, you know, uh, some of the like charter schools, whatever. And they're going to other places. I know parents who actually live in Ballantyne who rent an apartment in Fort Mill for like six, seven hundred dollars a month, six hundred dollars a month, use that as their quote unquote permanent address to get their kids into Fort Mill schools. <laughs> so well, I do too. I know people that specifically claimed an address that was available to them, what was not their main residence, to get their kids into a good school. 
that's kind of our point. Now, I wanted to divorce any of the colors, and I think it's a moot point. I don't think it, the colors of the folks involved has anything to do with this. No, but, 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 but it does when it comes to means and having the ability to send your kids to private school and being able to afford that. Yeah, I just didn't want to link color to means because I think people of all different races. And well, I, uh, yes, but and when you look at the, the higher percentages, when you look at the percentages of income versus race, okay. especially in this particular county, there is a vast disparity. And by the way, I've got like 15 seconds. I just wanted to say, if you distribute tax dollars amongst the different families and let them pick the best option they have for their kids, it's going to be better for the kids. And anything's better for the family individually, is better for the kids, better for the tests, better for everything. I appreciate the phone call, Ed, and that's why now you can actually get a voucher to help send your kids to private school, thanks to uh, the bill that was led by Trisha Cotham, actually. She led that charge for school choice. And now you actually have a voucher and send your kids to private school. All right, Charlotte City Council member Malcolm Graham in studio with me for the full hour tomorrow night.